Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Welcome into the VolQuest podcast. Each and every Tuesday brought to you by Exterior Home Solutions. They do an incredible job for any home maintenance you may need, whether it's siding, whether it's roofing, whatever, whatever shingles, whatever you need it. Exterior Home Solutions can get it done for you. Go ahead and check them out at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com when you have that need. I'm Eric Kane, Austin Price, Rob Lewis, and Brent Hubbs joining you here for the Tuesday BallQuest podcast. And uh, it's kind of a crossover season a little bit, spring football practice. We have a lot of recruiting to, to get into as well. Baseball's happening. But the pro day just happened last week, guys. And, I mean, I don't think it's, it's any secret there's going to be a really nice turnout for Tennessee in the NFL draft, whether that's um, you know two first-rounders or – you know, four guys taken within the first 60 picks, whatever the case may be, you know, Josh Heupel is going to have a really, really nice turnout. And, and Austin, I feel like that is going to help a lot in the world of recruiting because it's going to be appealing to the student athlete to see, hey, these guys develop and I can have a chance to go to the league if I go to Tennessee. 100%. I mean, I, I remember going back even to like August and talking to some people. And at that point, you can understand Darnell's still super young. I mean, he doesn't turn 22 until what would be he'll be in camp with an NFL team. And, um, you know, so technically he could have played five full years here and been drafted as a 22-year-old and not turn 23 until fall or August of, of 24. So back then, I mean, there was a talk like, you know, if he doesn't have a great, great year, like maybe he comes back another year. And I just kept saying at the time, I'm like, what Glenn Ellerby needs is Darnell to ball, get drafted high, and that's what's playing out. And so that same thing, that same thing goes for Kelsey Pope, Josh Heupel, everybody involved. Uh, if you've coached one of these players, you know it helps to get them drafted as high as possible because it gives you tangible proof to show to prospects, hey, this guy was not thought that highly of just two years ago, and now they got drafted in the first round. Now they got drafted in the second round. Um, you know, and, and and I'm so I'm I'm with you. I think the 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 chances that Hendon slides into the back end of round one or, or whatever, I mean, again, all that's a positive for Tennessee, and the more eyeballs you can have on it, the better. So, you know, if I'm Josh Heupel, you know, I, I'm I'm working, you know, all those pro scouts last week just like you did. I'm continuing to get my name out there, and, and if Tennessee's smart, and I assume they will be, they'll have huge packages ready to go when each player gets drafted to promote – what they helped produce and then what the players meant to Tennessee. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's going to do nothing but help you uh, in the world of recruiting. And Brent, the fact that all 32 teams were present on campus for Tennessee's pro day, there's been many years and you've covered many, many pro days where, you know, there's not been a, a great turnout from scouts, GMs, head coaches, whatever the case may be at Tennessee's pro day, but all 32 teams were represented on a day 
where there were several other pro days going on across the country as well. That makes Tennessee is a priority. And again, it falls back on the head coach and the development. Well, and I mean, I think typically most years you have 32 teams there, but it's who's there representing those 32 teams. Is, is it a, a scouting assistant or is it a regional scout or a head of scout or a head coach, you know, um, or a position coach, a coordinator, that type of thing. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of quality people there. You know, look, Tennessee's going to hear their name called a lot, Rob. And, and we can talk about NILs and we can talk about all the other stuff out there. But at the end of the day, kids want to know, do I have a chance to go to the next level if I come through the program? And um, Tennessee's going to be able to sell that at the end of the month. And I think that's a great thing for Josh Heupel and his football program. Yeah, and, and I think AP kind of touched on it when, you know, that all these guys were talking about in the draft or, or you know, the upcoming draft were guys who hadn't done much in, in their careers. I mean, Darnell played. He wasn't bad, but I mean, he certainly wasn't, you know, all, all SEC level. I mean, Jalen Hyatt was, was nowhere. Cedric Tillman was nowhere. And then it's kind of like what, you know, a little bit like what Rick and his staff did when, when they first got here. I mean, you weren't getting the five-star guys. I mean, so you had to, you had to develop – you know, so, sort of the more unheralded guys. And then once you do that, to, to Austin's point, and you start showing that, hey, you can develop guys, then the five-star guys are like, you know, hey, you know, Kennedy Chandler's like, man, if he can do that with Jordan Bone, what can they do with me? Or you know, or Keon Johnson's like, you know, if they can do that with Grant Williams, what can they do with me? And now I, now I think you're seeing that play out almost exactly the same way with football. Well, I think too, Rob, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of combination like – Tennessee became cool. They started winning. They're having success. And now the back end of that is what you just talked about is producing, getting players in the league. It's kind of the final piece to the puzzle, right? Like you put together this nice big puzzle, but, you know, uh, one or two pieces, you know, fell under the table and you're trying to find them. This is that piece you find under the table that completes the puzzle uh, for Josh Heupel, for the staff and all that, because Tennessee has become the cool school. One guy told me a couple of years ago who, 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 who lives and breathes this stuff, if Tennessee can ever become the cool school again, it won't matter a lot of the other outside factors. And Tennessee's become the cool school, which is why they have so many better players on campus. Right now they're involved with such a much broader board with bigger time talent than at any point in the first couple of years under Josh Heupel. And now you add to the piece of the draft the draft and the draft inside that, I just think it just builds for what Josh Heupel hopes is an even greater run and an, an even greater selling point to all the prospects he's trying to recruit. Well, and I think the other thing too is it's not just who you're going to get drafted. It's the positions that guys are going to get drafted at too. Okay. Offensive lineman is a developmental position. All right. We, we've seen a couple of guys. I've seen a couple of guys in 30 years that might have been ready for the NFL after year two in college. But traditionally, those guys are three, four-year players. Even the great ones, right, are, are three, four-year players. I mean, maybe Aaron Sears could have gone pretty early, Rob, uh, you know, when, when he came in. Uh, but there was, there's just not been a ton of guys who were just ready, okay? So now you got Jerome Carvin making a little buzz. You've got Darnell Wright, developmental guys. That's a credit to your coaching. Quarterbacks, developmental position. I don't care how talented you are. You've got to develop and you've got to play. Hendon Hooker's name going up the charts there. So it's not just that their name's going to be called. 
It's at some of the positions that their name's going to be called, which will speak more volumes um, to, to the to the development within the program and the and the coaching in the program that can carry weight in recruiting. I mean, every quarterback out there should pay attention to what Hendon Hooker's done at Tennessee under Josh Heupel. Um, every offensive tackle, every offensive lineman out there should take note of the fact of what Glenn Ellerby's done with those guys. That's a big boon and a big help in recruiting, in my opinion, particularly at that offensive um, at that offensive line position where it's such a developmental spot. Austin, you were you were talking about that last puzzle piece, you know, from the big picture when you look at Tennessee and kind of the the rebuild with Josh Heupel and everything. That last puzzle piece being development NFL draft picks. But for a student athlete looking to you know look, looking to decide where he's going to go and commit to and, and and go play for three or four years, how big is that puzzle? Because I would assume that right up there with today's era, of course, name, image, and likeness is up there. But of course, the development and the opportunity to get to the league. And like those two things with the combination of winning, I mean, that, that those are kind of the three headliners right there. Well, they are. And, and you know, ultimately, you know, familiarity, um, comfort, playing time, all that stuff plays. But for a lot of kids, especially the big timers, you know, right? I mean, they're told if, if you're a top 50 player, you're told you're going to be, you know, an NFL player one day. And, and they're just trying to get there. Quickest path to the league. How do I get there the fastest? Start making money, like real money, not the NIL money. That's small potatoes, they say, right? Can be in some instances, but in some instances not. But like getting to the league is paramount for these big time players. And it's big time and, and it's paramount for honestly every player, but really the ones that are told and groomed and, and led to believe that, you know, they're a surefire thing to make the league. So, you know, they're going to put their future in the hands of someone who has produced NFL players. And so that's why you need a really nice draft day. If you're Josh Heupel, you're in position, you know, to, you know, have that. If it comes to fruition, I think that only helps this 2024 class and beyond. Cause when you're sitting here thinking about it, you've got five guys projected in the top 60 or right around that. Of course, you've got, Right, that's going to be a first rounder. Maybe Jalen Hyatt's, you know, hookers, you know, depending on which quarterback team needy or team that needs a quarterback very much might draft up there, trade up there at the back end of the first round. But you got Hooker in that conversation. You got Cedric Tillman. You've got Byron Young. And then you have other guys like we mentioned, Jerome Carvin. Um, you know, Princeton Fans, another name. Latrell Bumpus is a name. Jeremy Banks is a name. All those guys, you know, they, they might get drafted. They might be top, you know, priority free agents after the draft. Any way you spin it, I mean, this is this is a really, really good showing for Tennessee. So, I don't know, Rob, when I, when I sit here and I think about this and in terms of what I would be looking for as a student athlete at the next level, of course, Georgia's been doing it for years, Alabama, LSU. You know, Tennessee's kind of entering that chat now, and I think this year it could go a long way, taking advantage of that 11-win season, Orange Bowl victory, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, they, the NCAA can run as many commercials as they want about, you know, how many kids are going pro and some besides athletics. And, <laughs> you know, kids can talk about how important academics are and, and, and a fit. I mean, kids kids want to get to the league. I mean, that's – I mean, and, that, and I'm not being critical of that. I mean, that's, that's the dream. I mean, most of these guys don't dream about getting a master's in marketing because they had to stay five years and, you know, got, got their master's for free because they redshirted. I mean, they dream about getting out of here in three years and, and, and you know, getting checks for playing football. 
Well, and you and you want to hear no, no offense to those guys who are going to get free agent opportunities or drafted in the back end. You you want to see your name called on the first and the second night of the draft when the viewership's there, when the kids are really paying attention to it. That that's why that's why this is important. No offense to Valus Jones, um, you know, who was drafted. No offense to other guys, you know, Theo Jackson. I mean, Theo Jackson's on an NFL roster, right? I mean, but 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 you don't get the publicity out of that if you're not drafted really in those first two or three rounds so you know if you can get somebody to put a hat on across the stage or you get a you know a camera feed of a, of a guy in a house getting a phone call those types of things that's what resonates and so that that's why this is important because the number of players projected to be maybe in the top 60 of the draft I think is important I think it's gonna be really interesting to see when these the wide receiver run starts in the first round because that's going to dictate a lot about where Jalen Hyatt and where Cedric Tillman go. Um, not saying that, that Cedric Tillman's going to be a first-round pick, but when does the run start? Does the run start at pick 9 or 10? Does the run start at 15? That will dictate a lot about where those guys go when, when the run on wide receivers goes. And the same things with for the quarterbacks. You know, what teams are moving up to get a quarterback? What team moves back and, and, and says, hey, we want to take a quarterback um, – late in the first round as a, more of a developmental type guy uh, because maybe the guy we like that we couldn't move up high enough in the draft. And does that fall to Hendon Hooker that way? Going to be a lot of shuffling for those quarterbacks, which is going to create a lot of movement at all positions in the first round, round and a half of the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, you're going to, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go in the top 10, of course, you know, all those mock drafts and everything. But I, what I love about the the draft process and, and watching it unfold every, every weekend, every year is seeing that team like in the, you know, picking in the middle of the second round, you know, might not have had a first round pick or might have, might have had a first round pick and it's come and gone. They address their immediate need. You see that run of quarterbacks and then you think your quarterback that you want that's still remaining is going to be gone by the time pick 43 comes up or whatever. And you move up to 28, 29, 30 and you take that quarterback. Can that happen for Hendon Hooker? You know, we'll see. And if it does, that'll be at least two first-round picks for Tennessee, maybe even the third first-round pick for Tennessee. You know, we'll just have to see. And I'm interested to see what the Titans do to, to, to take this in stay with the, with the NFL team. A lot of talk about them going for quarterback. Man, they'll take Is that after an offensive tackle, though? Because that, that's what they're wanting there at the, the early teens, pick 11 or whatever. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot about quarterback, though. You know, and, and so I, I just – if they go quarterback, I, I think they're better off to trade back – and draft Hendon Hooker, which again gets Tennessee gets Tennessee Vol fans. You know, and again, there's a divide there. Like, not every Tennessee Vol fan is a Tennessee Titans fan. And, and, and never will be. I mean, here's the thing that you have to do if you're if you're the Titans or you're you can't you know, take Will Levis. Let, let's take the Titans. It, you can if you think he's the best guy out there to help you get to the Super Bowl. You're not winning a popular. It's not about a popularity contest because here's what you know: if you're good, they'll come. Now, would I take Will Levis? Absolutely not. I'm on record to tell you where I think about Will Levis. I wouldn't take Anthony Richardson, but I'm not in an NFL front office or a scouting department, a head coach or all those. What I'm saying is you can't win without a guy who, who can be your franchise quarterback for you, regardless of where he is from. And, and I get it. I mean, no, no. would they be better off if they had a Tennessee guy who was a really good quarterback? Sure. But if you're the Titans and you're looking at it from the NFL perspective, if you think that this quarterback is the is the future for you and you got the room and the ability to trade up and go get it, 
you can't sit there and go, well, we're going to pass on him at six so we can trade back and take the Tennessee guy at 18 so they, so the state likes us better. No, no, no. I agree with that. But what I'm saying, though, is, is it's kind of like that high school team that has a senior quarterback and a freshman quarterback, and they're really the same. Who are you rolling with? I'm going to go with the guy that I can build for the next four years. In this instance, it's not the, it's not the age thing. It's if they're apples to apples in your eyes. And, again, I know Tennessee fans are not going to say they're apples to apples. But if, if you're the Titans and they're apples to apples, I would take Hendon Hooker. Sure. I but I don't, I don't think anybody see – I mean, I, I'm not seeing Hendon Hooker in the top ten of mock drafts. So I don't think anybody in the league is saying Hendon Hooker and Richardson or, or Shroud or those guys are apples to apples. I'm not saying I agree with that, but looking at the mocks, I'm not seeing people say that. Now, there's one guy who's come out and said – you know, top five pick um, would have been the number, maybe the number one overall pick if he hadn't torn his yeah, ACL. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that, but you look at most mocks, it, it doesn't appear like right now a lot of people see apples to apples. Now, I've said this: Hendon Hooker's created more buzz than anybody has at the quarterback position, Rob, and, and it's unbelievable for a guy who's not throwing a football that to, to have the buzz he has right now to, to not throw the football this off season. Is something you typically don't see in the draft process. Yeah, he's obviously knocking interviews out of the park, which is not something that I think surprises anybody right here. But I guess I'm surprised at how much just that has been able to move the needle for him, you know, when he's not been able to work out. I mean, I'm, again, I thought he would hit a home run, you know, when he sits in the room with a team's front office for, you know, half an hour or whatever. But um, pretty clearly – you know, NFL types have been impressed with what they've seen from him, you know, I guess, and what, what they project for him, him as a leader, locker room presence, just, you know, face of a franchise. Yeah, and and Austin, to your point, and I think the point you're saying, too, it only takes the one team, right? One team seeing apples to apples. That's all it takes. It doesn't matter. It could be a team picking eighth. It could be a team picking 88th. It's just whichever team likes you. I mean, you look at the Seahawks, for example, two first-round picks, two second-round picks. How long are they going to ride with Geno Smith as their guy, right? Do they do they get somebody to groom? They've got as much wiggle room in the first two rounds of the NFL draft as anybody because you're talking about trading and moving around. You can do whatever you want to if you're the Seahawks with the amount of picks you have out there. So I think there's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing and shuffling going on, which is going to be make, make a fascinating first couple of rounds of this draft. You go back to Daryl Taylor, you know, the Seahawks. They, they fell in love with Daryl Taylor. He went much higher than a lot of people projected in that draft because that one team said, this is our guy. We think he can be a dude for us. And that could be Jalen Hyatt going 17 instead of 33. It could be Byron Hendon Hooker. Hooker. It could be Hendon Hooker. It could be Byron Young to keep the same parallel with, with, with Daryl Taylor. You know, And it could be, hey, it could be Darnell. Instead of going 18, he goes 9. Right, like, you know what I mean. Like, it, 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 all it, as your point and my point too is, it just takes one to fall in love with you, and it's kind of like nil. Your value is whatever one team says it is. That's exactly and that, right. the same thing goes with the NFL draft. It's just well, money. It's it's your draft. That's and this is a this is a critical ten days, Eric. When you look at it for a lot of guys, like Darnell Wright's not going to work out anymore, right? The tapes, the tape, the pro days, the pro day, the combines, the combine, but. He's going to travel the country and sit in the offices of offensive line coaches, offensive coordinators, head coaches, GMs, and those types of things. 
that this, this is money-making time here because this is when somebody really falls in love with you, right? Like everybody's got a first-round grade on Darnell Wright from a talent standpoint. No. Now it's now it's who who wants to date you, who who do you decide who who do you convince to date you, uh, basically in these meetings is what the course of the next week and a half is about. I mean, Hinton Hooker was in the complex on Tuesday, uh, Monday, Monday when when, when there, who I mean, who knows who he was going to work or who he was going to talk to, you know. I'm sure he came in for some rehab, but but he's seeing a lot of people, just a lot of moving and shaking going on. Yeah, um, we, we played that clip uh, a while ago. It was back, you know, right after the NFL Combine of Darnell Wright being asked about the difference in blocking guys like Will Anderson and then guys like um, B.J. Ojolari. And I just I loved his answer so much. It's just a football dude breaking it down, right, for the average fan to kind of like, okay, I understand that. He talks like that in those front office meetings. A lot of people are going to want to date him for sure. So um, he did number two. Go he ahead. was on the he was on the nation Sunday night, and he has never done a better interview than what he did on Sunday night on the nation. I, I thought Austin. I mean, I thought he was casual, but he wasn't silly. It wasn't goofy. He, his answers were complete. They weren't long and rambling. I mean, he's a guy who's clearly worked on it, and is a guy who's gotten more comfortable getting interviewed and talked to by people. Yeah. Again comfortability is a big deal. And and I'll just go back to what you just said a second ago, just like Rob Lewis on the dance floor, baby, a lot of moving and shaking, lots of moving and shaking, not Jimmy the... Hunt's moving and shaking, but a lot of moving and shaking. Uh, Jimmy hung up. The dance. Jimmy hung up the dance, the dance shoes. No, he'll never hang up. Hey, hey now that he's retired, he'll be dancing more. <laughs> he, they, they weren't hung up last Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he still had to go to work on Friday. <laughs> You guys brought up the Seahawks with Hooker, and we'll move on here in just a second. But the Seahawks, seriously, I mean, with Geno Smith, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, he signed a new contract this offseason. If my memory serves me correct, I believe it's a three-year deal, but Seattle has an out after year, after year two, I believe. So, anyway, it's been a trendy pick that Seattle will take a quarterback, obviously not in that top ten. Hooker falls in line there. I think that'd be a great a great stopping point. Or if it's apples to, you know, I, I, comparing apples and oranges here, a team like Tennessee, just using it as an example, picking 11th, if those quarterbacks say you value Anthony Richardson and Hendon Hooker the same, just picking two quarterbacks out here, Richardson's gone at nine or whatever, you take your tackle at, at 11, which is what you were you know, wanting to do, it's one of your biggest needs, then you can maybe go back up and get your guy at the, at the end of the first round in Hendon Hooker. So and we'll see. I'm telling you, nobody's phone's going to ring more than the Seattle Seahawks. They got the fifth pick, the 20th pick, the 37th pick, and the 52nd pick. They got five picks in the top 52 of the NFL draft. I mean, you want to move and shake and move around? I mean, they those they could take five and they could move to 10 or they could move to 11, get another second-round pick out of that or a third-round pick out of it. They have more leverage than anybody in the first, first two rounds when you look at, at where they pick and the number of picks that they have. Should be exciting. That's coming up later at the end of this month, the NFL draft. And hopefully it'll help Tennessee out in the recruiting front quickly. Awesome. We got a uh, we got Matt Ray's thoughts uh, on on the rewind, but obviously you were there. You covered a big time recruiting day for Tennessee on Saturday. What, how'd you think the Vols did with some of those top targets on campus? Well, I, I just go back to what I was saying a second ago. Um, it just feels like they are in a they just have a, a better quality of player coming to campus right now, and yeah. the board is bigger. Um, a year ago, you felt like okay, if they miss on one of their top two linebackers you know, or top two receivers or top two DBs, like there was going to be a, 
either a drastic fall off or there just wasn't much behind it. I mean, heck, man, the DBs that Tennessee's in on, and I mean, you could miss on several of them and still end up with a really good DB class. Same thing with linebacker, wide receiver. I mean, tight end. Tight end that's a perfect example. Um, you know, it, it's it just feels like that they have a a different quality of player coming to campus right now, and 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 that's an interesting thing for me to see. Um, just to kind of see how they've kind of become the cool school to put it in the, to put it in the terms of uh, he who shall not be named. Um, you know. They, they've become the cool school and and kids are, are are looking at Tennessee in a different light than they looked at them two years ago and you know the truth be told had Tennessee been the cool school two years ago some of those in-state kids that went elsewhere probably end up at Tennessee but at that point Tennessee had that black cloud over them and it just felt different and right now it's the opposite who did Tennessee help themselves out with the most maybe maybe one two players over the weekend well I, I think Tennessee helped themselves out with Jaden Riddell uh, I really do. I, you know, I, I feel like Tennessee's in a pretty good spot there. Again, long way to go. You're again beating. If you're if you're getting Jaden Riddell, you're beating out Georgia, Alabama. Uh, who's who, right? Um, you know, but I think they did a, a really nice job with him this weekend. I, I thought Tennessee, you know, did enough to get Brandon Baker to campus uh, for an official visit, offensive tackle out of modern day. Um, you know, I, I think Tennessee did a nice job. Uh, you know, with the running back, Bryson Russell. I think they did a really nice job with, you know, Williams. Now, I, I, I've got to learn this kid's last name because I, I butcher it so bad. But Williams, no, no weren't that? Well, I, I forgot. The number one defensive yeah. lineman in the yeah. country. That's, that's the easiest way to say it. I was going to say, Hub said it perfectly on the rewind the other night. or whatever. Either way, like, you know, Tennessee has obviously done a nice job with him and has um, showed him enough to get him back here for an official visit this summer. And so, you know, I, I continue to think Tennessee has positioned themselves well, um, you know, and, and, you know, you know, obviously Shamar Arnaud, who's a uh, 2025 DB, is going to decide later this week. Tennessee has, uh, you know, got a lot of momentum there. And, you know, I, I just feel like Tennessee did a really nice job the last two weekends, um, but specifically this weekend in general, um, of getting kids here. And of course, Monday they had like Matthews here. They had, you know, in or Nikar here. They had, you know, uh, the, the Michael kid here. Um, had a really nice group of kids here on Monday as well. And you expect to see people like, you know, uh, George McIntyre, quarterback out of Nashville 2025. He'll make it to, you know, campus at some point in the next, you know, 10 days or so. He's not going to be here for the spring game, but he'll be here for a practice at some point either th- later this week or, or early next week. And so, you know, Tennessee's done a really good job, um, and they continue to do so. Even with guys like Caleb Odom, who, again, is a, a, a tight end that Tennessee likes out of Carrollton, Georgia, um, you know, and they're in the mix for. He may be down the list just because, you know, Jaden Riddell and Jonathan Eccles and, and Max LeBlanc. The biggest question is, is guys going elsewhere, it's how did LeBlanc like Ohio State? Because they're the one team that I think could potentially uh, kind of pick pick up LeBlanc over Tennessee. Um, you know, what's his reaction leaving Ohio State this past weekend? Well, remember this too about LeBlanc. He's not a, he's not a native of Tennessee. Canadian. I mean, he's Canadian. So weather's not a big deal. Loyalty to the state's not as big of a deal there. Um, it's it's a lot closer to Ohio State for family than, than it is to Knoxville, Tennessee. That That's something that 
that you have to deal with there that that's a little bit different for a quote in-state kid because he is not your normal in-state kid yeah i mean it's just like the uh the tight end from middle tennessee that went to alabama sam of alabama in this past class um you know i mean he's from chicago he only moved down here to be able to play his junior year because of the covid uh you know you know closures up in up in up in illinois as far as being able to play athletics so you know ultimately you know not every in-state kate or not every in-state kid is created equal right because they're not from here like boo carter tennessee did a nice job with him this weekend boo's going to take visits in june decide in july feel like tennessee's got a lot of momentum there um but again the longer the kids let it play out they leave wiggle room for moving around and and you know, other schools to get some momentum. It is transfer portal season for college basketball. I want to get uh, some thoughts from Rob Lewis on where Tennessee stands with some guys here in just one moment. Uh, March Madness, it's it's over. It's kind of sad, but you can still shoot your shot over at my bookie and score big today. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets next year, betting on, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, you can turn game day into payday over at my bookie. Getting started is super simple. Just go to the website online, make your first deposit, and use the promo code VOLQUEST over at mybookie.com. That is promo code VOLQUEST, V-O-L-Q-U-E-S-T, to claim some extra money on top of your initial deposit with hundreds of thousands in prizes for March Madness every single year, plus weekly blackjack tournaments still going on right now. You can turn your game day into payday. That is at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And as always, a big shout-out to Exterior Home Solutions, proud title sponsor of the Ballquest Podcast, 865-524-5888 for a free estimate. That is Exterior Home Solutions. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot's happening right now in the world of college basketball. The transfer portal is open. We're already seeing a whole lot of movement. Tennessee had Olivier Cumwa that... Uh, decided to enter his name in the transfer portal. Rob Lewis, your thoughts on that, the overall end game there, and uh, the interest level for Tennessee hosting some guys out of the transfer portal here this week? Uh, <clears throat> starting with Olivier, I mean, I think a lot of people surprised by that one, uh, the coaching staff included. I mean, I, I don't think anybody anticipated Olivier, or I, don't, I wouldn't say anybody, but I, I would say I don't believe that Tennessee anticipated Olivier returning. Uh, I think just about everybody felt like he was going to, you know, give it a go overseas. You know, you know, obviously trying to make it, make a team here and probably play summer league for somebody in the NBA, but end up making some money in Europe next year. Instead, I think he's trying to, in, in my opinion, see if he can hit, you know, an, an NIL windfall with, with somebody in the NCAA. Don't believe that path was available to him in, in Knoxville. But um, you know, good luck to him. I, uh, I think again, I think Tennessee was caught off guard that. He might consider playing somewhere else next year, but uh, again, I, I don't think that that they were anticipating that he was going to be back. As for the guys that Tennessee is interested in, tons of names out there, and I, th- I think Tennessee is interested in, in a lot of guys. Now we we sit back and find out who was interested in Tennessee. Obviously, the kid transferred out of Harvard, Chris Ledlam, 
is interested enough in Tennessee to where he's already set up an official visit, but that is not until April 14th, so a couple weeks. A lot could happen there. Tennessee looking into Quez Glover, who a lot of, of fans will remember that name from Bearden High School. Signed with Florida, didn't play a lot in two years. Went to transferred to Sanford, where, where he has been a big time player in the Southern Conference, averaged 19 points this last year. Tennessee checking into that. Obviously, I think there would be some interest on his hand, uh, but Tennessee doing some due diligence. Caleb Love uh, from North Carolina is another name that has been out there that we think Tennessee would, would certainly be interested in. And Davian McKnight um, from Western Kentucky is a guy that they have reached out to. And um, those those are four. I mean, again, I, I think there's a lot more guys than that out there that Tennessee has – you know, reached out to and is at least trying to see what gauge their interest. Um, but but right now, those are four that I think Tennessee is really serious about. And again, can't stress enough what kind of a factor NIL is going to be in, in decisions for transfers. And that, that's that's a huge part of it. Almost all these guys who are moving around are moving around with the intent to get paid. What, what about Mike McClone? <laughs> And Rob, we're still waiting on on the rest of those seniors, right? Yeah, as and this is you know I, I spoke with somebody about it on on Saturday and did not hear um, the past couple of days, but on, as of Saturday, Santiago, Josiah still kind of mulling what they were going to do. And again, you know, just as with transfers, I think if either one of those guys decides to come, decides to come back, I think NIL opportunities would be a significant part of their decision. And you know, I'm, I'm not sure what's out there. Well, and and for Santi. Because he's a, a foreign kid, um, he can't make money in NIL unless he is in his home country, so or 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 not in the continental United States. So, like, if he went to Germany on a trip, he could make NIL money there, um, but he cannot make money in Knoxville, Tennessee. Like, he has to get like he has to go outside the U.S. So, if he went home, you know, and, and was there in Uruguay, then he could do a deal and make however much, right? But he, he can't do it here. So he has to physically leave the country, and all of them do, uh, to be able to get that done. Or if Tennessee took a trip this summer, like an yeah. exhibition tour, which I, I think is a, is a very strong possibility. Yeah. That, that, that rule makes a lot of sense. Makes total sense, right? I mean, looking out for those college athletes, baby. Good grief. What a man. I mean, really? You know, okay. Well, we'll give everybody equal opportunities. We'll level playing. Okay. We should do the same with Kane to get a paycheck every month. He should have to go back to Jefferson city and then you'll wire him the money. (laughs) Just put it in the mail, Brent. I don't, Hey, as long as that checks in the mail somewhere, I don't, I literally don't care. It's in my mom's house. She'll keep them for me. But I mean, I mean, you're telling me that, that, that son, a guy who's been the face of your program, shouldn't have the opportunity to make money as a face year program and he can't do it because he he's not from here he's not from the states that's a goof that's just goofy i mean i'm yeah. sorry how that's much longer hard. how much longer until that gets taken to court uh, who, i mean why is it not off the books now like the i mean why was it ever on the books to begin with that's just a goofy rule and a long line of goofiness by the by the national collegiate athletic association <laughs> Put it on the list, Rob. Uh, the pecking order here, real quick. I mean, it's it's still shooter, point guard, 
big man? I mean, what, what's kind of the pecking well, I think order they'd for like, this? I mean, because this is a Kai situation, and you just don't know, you know, when he's going to be back, how you know how quick he's going to, how long before he's going to be one hundred percent. I think point guard, you know, is somebody, or at least you know, combo guard, somebody that can that can be a ball handler, is probably a priority. And you know, obviously, with the fact that they're bringing Ledlam in on an official visit, they want help in the post, even though you know he's. The six 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 seven. He's not going to bring a lot of size. He is he is a low post, you know, player banger, older guy. Is um, Quez Glover? If they went that route, would he have two years left because of the COVID year? I my understanding is he would be a grad transfer, AP with one with one to go. Yeah, but I think that doesn't include the COVID year. Yeah, but the COVID guys also kind of get your numbers now. It's not a freebie. No, no, I get that, but I mean, like, if he, if he, so I guess, if he was good in year one, then you might want to bring him back for year two. I, I think that's a possibility. AP, I'd have to, I'd have to study it before I said definitively yes, that's his situation. Last thing I want to hit on here uh, as we conclude the Ball Quest podcast here on a Tuesday, uh, Tennessee baseball goes down to LSU and plays a really, really highly contested series. Uh, doesn't squeak one out on, on, on Saturday, game three, you know, score 10 runs in the first two innings and uh, kind of bulldoze their way to a 14 to seven win to come home, uh, not empty handed um, overall, uh, Tennessee. What are your, what are your thoughts uh, AP on, on Tennessee baseball this past weekend, not quitting when things certainly were self imploding at times on Thursday and Friday, but finding a way to uh, get a win over the top ranked team in the country and come back during this brutal stretch. Yeah. I- I thought that they really played well. Um, you know, I know they I know they lost the series, but you know, I thought there was m- big time growth from Missouri to A and M, A and M to LSU. Now they still got their issues. Like, I mean, Hubs and I were sitting here laughing Saturday during Game Three. I mean, five of the first six out of the total seven runs you gave up by Drew Beam were unearned. I mean, they're what second in the conference and unearned runs, hubs. I mean, like, like, like the, the the pitching staff was already kind of be a you know had all the kind of focus on them because of how good they were last year, and the offense wasn't great, so they even had more pressure early on. Double that and triple that when you start making error and error and error and and unforced uh, stuff like you know getting picked off at first base and then the next guy hits a solo shot instead of a two run shot. I mean. All these things add up. But I thought on the whole, they were really competitive. They were really solid at LSU. And I think this weekend against Florida is a real chance to kind of cement the growth in this baseball team um, before they head to Arkansas next week. I think so, too. Um, you know, I wrote about it. We talked about it a lot. I mean, Tennessee's t- t- Tennessee makes outs on the base paths. Tennessee makes errors in the field. It's frustrating. I mean, Tennessee flat out gave the game away on Thursday. Just said, hey, LSU, yours, take it. I mean, it was pathetic, to be completely honest with you. Um, what happened? I thought, there it, was, I thought it was worse for a, a Friday. Yeah, I mean, Friday, Friday was had its the issues eight, as well. Yeah, the Before, eighth inning was bad. <laughs> yeah, the eighth inning Friday or Thursday night was bad. Yeah, um, but but again, you, you you fought, you scratched, you clawed, you find a way. And I like to, to your point, Austin, about them seeing the growth. I mean, you're seeing it in, in individual at bats too. Yeah, the guys Better are much better at the plate right now and seeing more pitches and being more selective. And I mean, sure, you're going to strike out and get outs and everything. I mean, Griffin Merritt's slumping right now. I mean, that stuff like that happens. But the at-bats are getting better, and you're stringing those consistently along. So um, if one or two plays, Brent, were differently this weekend, I mean, shoot, Tennessee could have swept the best team in the country right now. 
it didn't happen that way. Tennessee has its issues, and it contributed to a pair of losses. But I wrote this in the three two one earlier this week. Tennessee proved to me this week that they can beat anybody in the country. I say I, I wrote still, but I guess it's not really still because it's kind of a brand new lineup. They can beat anybody in the country. They can hang with anybody in the country, but they got to stop beating themselves. Well, they've got to do the little things because they're going to be in tight ball games. We've yep. said this for weeks. They're going to be in four two ball games, three two ball games. Can they hold a lead? Um, can they do the little things to help themselves hold the lead? That's make a routine play in the eighth inning um, in a series opener um, to, to extend that game. That that's that's you know not dropping fly balls, pop ups in the infield. That's you know communicating the right way. I mean, they have to do the little things. A year ago, they did not have to be really good at the little things because they could hit it so big. It's kind of mm-hmm. like. It's kind of like your football team. It's okay to go negative rushing yards on first and second down when you can throw it over somebody's head on third and 13, right? And you get it all back. This this team doesn't have that ability to do that consistently. They have got to do the little things to win low-scoring games because they're not going to be in a ton of 15, 11, 11 baseball games. I, I'll tell you one thing that I've uh, really been impressed by and one thing that I think is going to help this team, especially once they get to the SEC tournament, once they get to the regional, super regionals, if they make it that far, and then potentially in Omaha if they make it that far, is the tri the, the trio of Halverson, Lindsey, and Cam Sewell. Yep. As guys who are long relievers or potential off ball odd day starters in those tournament situations is going to be huge because they are deep at that spot. And if they can just get there and the hitting stays kind of where it's at or gets a little better from here, that's where this team has a real shot, in my opinion. Because it's because because they have those three guys that can come in, and it means that Dolander, Burns, and Beam don't have to pitch seven innings. They don't have to pitch six innings even. If they can get four to five innings, then you can go to those long relievers, and they have some really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're – Big leaguers. Lindsey and Halverson are big leaguers. Uh, Tony Vitello says it all the time. And you look at it like, you know, uh, Dolander went four and two-thirds on Thursday. Burns went three and a third on Friday. Beam went four on Saturday. And in those first two games, you had you had two pitchers in each of the first two games. It was Dolander, Halverson. It was Burns, Lindsey. I mean, your bullpen should have been in shreds by the time you got into game three. But it wasn't. It's really unfair because they could start a lot of places around the country, and you're right. Um, even in the SEC tournament, like you saw Sewell, you know, pitch the the game clinching, you know, SEC tournament title last year, uh, and uh, you know that's a, that's a spot for them to make starts as well. So um, fix the little things because not every game is going to be like Game Three to where your defense was bad, you give up four run runs in an inning, but you already scored ten runs on the scoreboard, so you were, you were able to withstand it. That's not going to happen every single game. So um, it was a good weekend overall. I thought that I thought they showed a lot and a couple of plays here and there from coming back with a with a series win, potentially a series sweep against a really really good team in LSU. But doesn't get any easier hosting Florida this weekend on the road to Arkansas. Coming back for Vanderbilt. That is life in the SEC. It is Exterior Home Solutions. Give them a free estimate for a free estimate. Give them a call today at eight six five five two four five eight eight eight. That is Exterior Home Solutions. You can check them out online, exteriorhomesolutions.com as well. For any needs you have to upgrade your home, and it's Exterior Home Solutions, proud title sponsor of the VolQuest podcast. For Austin Price, Rob Lewis, Sprint Hubs, I am Eric Kane. 
Appreciate you guys, as always, for checking us out at VolQuest.com, subscribing to VolQuest on the YouTube channel, and staying dialed in to the VolQuest podcast each and every Tuesday right here at VolQuest.com. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.